We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sean, you look at the defense this year. It's kind of part two of our conversation. We'll be somewhat brief because we talked a little a, a little bit about this stuff. Yeah. But if this defense is going to get to the level it needs to get to this year, let's talk about why it will get there. Let's go like two or three things that we believe are keys to that. And then what are the two or three things that concern us that say, you know what, like I just still have this in the back of my mind that – this is this is something that needs to get addressed. So let's start off with with number one, sort of the things that if this defense is going to be championship caliber defense, because we talked about this on offense a couple weeks ago in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. But what's the first thing you think about, Sean, when you say if this D, if I if we fast forward to the end of the year, a Notre Dame defense is is what we hope it'll be. It's good enough to compete for a championship. What's the first thing you're going to point to and say that's why it can be a player, it can be a stat, it can be a an overall aspect of the team, what would be the thing that you would point to first on, on defense? And it can't be the offense is great specifically about the defense that you think will be a reason why this team steps up and answers that bell. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Riley Mills gets 10 sacks. Okay. If Riley Mills becomes that threat, we talked about what Michigan was able to do with those guys coming off the edge and just harassing C.J. Stroud. If Riley Mills is that dude from game one, then this defense takes a significant step forward and gets into, you know, rare air as possibly being a top 10 defense in the country. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. And with the depth they have in the middle and the playmakers they have in the middle, I fully expect them – well. I'll hold fast on that because I think this will be one of the next points that I'll point out. But for me, it's Riley Mills. That's that's number one. Let's let's just go. Let's kind of work through your two or three, and then I'll give mine. So that way, you can kind of just build on them. And we're yeah. you know, so just so what would be your second point, Sean? What would be the second aspect of of what would make up this great defense if it hold, gets to that point? Holding rushing, yeah, team holding teams under ninety yards per game. That's my two as well. Rushing. Yeah. Got to be able to stop the run. Have to be able to stop the run. And I think they will be able to do that. I think the last two years, they've been up over 100 per game, like giving up on uh, as far as rush defense, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me. I know last year. What were you asking? No, Notre Dame's been up slightly over 100 yards, giving up. Well over for the most part. Now, if you take out Navy – They've been – it's better. That's always no, run it up. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been good enough on their rush defense. Last year they they were 135.4 per game. Yeah. Because um, they gave up a total of uh, – if you gave up – last year they gave up a total of 135.5 basically. But if you take out Navy – because they actually held Navy well below their season average. They gave up – but they gave up 166. But if you, if you go to that, I mean, that puts them at um, – Let's see here. That puts them at 132.9. That's still not good enough. And now, the, but here's the thing. Like, when to your point, though, last year, when Notre Dame really got good, Sean, was later in the year when they were doing a much better job of shutting the run game down. You know I mean? You look at some of their bigger games. The only reason they were even in the Cincinnati game is because they shut down Cincinnati's run game. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason they beat Wisconsin. They shut down Wisconsin's run game, you know. Um, but they were way too up and down. You know, good against Virginia Tech, but then given the quarterback scramble. So to your point, yes, yes. They're, at 2018, however, you talk about how good the 2018 team was. You know, that was a team that gave up 139 points per game. But if you look at the regular season, they had two games where that was the case. So that's why I say you kind of got to take out Navy a little bit. Yeah. They have 292 yards to Navy that year. But that was way below Navy season average. Like Navy had Navy ran for uh, actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't below Navy's, Navy's average. I'm thinking of the 2019 team. that was a 360. Yeah. You give a 292 to Navy. You take that out. They're 126. Yeah. Right. But what, what they, you know, they had a couple games. They gave up a lot of yards, gave up a lot of yards to Wake Forest and gave up a lot of yards to, 
um, Clemson. I mean, that's what that's what did him in. And then my last one, the dance partners in the secondary. Mm-hmm. What are Cam Hart's and Brandon Joseph's dance yeah. partners going to do? Yep. That's we know yep. what Cam Hart and Brandon Joseph bring to the table. What about the others? Yep. That is going to be vitally, vitally important. I don't care what the combination is. I don't care if the sophomore class has to step up. I don't care if it's the freshman, the DBs of Mickey and Morrison. You have to find a way mm-hmm. to solidify the others with the cornerbacks. And then between Houston Griffith, Ramon Henderson, and DJ Brown, somebody has to step up. I would prefer that somebody steps forward and differentiates themselves mm-hmm. rather than going throughout the whole season with the rotation. That would be my preference. Like yeah. somebody set themselves apart and say, I'm the guy. You have yeah. three three candidates. Let's go. Whoever it is, let's roll. But that's the third one for me. Did you want another one? If you got another one that you really want to bang the table for, go for it. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, it's 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 what are the different things that you really yeah. believe this team has to be good at yeah. to to be good. So yeah, you got yeah. another one, go for it. The emergence of Maris Leofound. Okay. Yeah. Like it, yo, if he becomes as far as the fan base and on the field, and I'm not saying equal to. But if he becomes that that next great linebacker, you know, mm-hmm. for the team, you know, a la Manti, Jalen, and everything we've seen, it's like, okay. Like, because we had solid guys last year that I thought played pretty well, put in a difficult predicament because of injuries. Mm-hmm. But no one was really like that guy that stepped up and you felt like, oh, man, that's our dude at linebacker. We need Maris to be that guy. Yeah, we need him to be the guy because I don't know if you would call this a transitional year at that position because we know what we have like behind him, like with Junior, Prince, Josh, Jalen. Like, we know, you know, the great linebackers they have and how they've done in recruiting. But Maris needs to be that guy. We've been waiting for him to become that guy. We saw the flash against, man, we always talk about that North Carolina game where he started on the road and how he showed up and just – he just needs to stay healthy. That's it. Mm -hmm. He can stay healthy and flash and become that guy. That would be my fourth. Those are things I need to see. Kind of the way I look at it, Sean, is is this – I agree with a lot of what you said. My number two is run defense has to get a lot better, mm-hmm. especially in the big games. I mean, yes. if, if you, you, and, and part of that too is you got to stop quarterbacks from gashing you every time. Yeah. Because there are some quarterbacks on you. I mean, Jaron Hall, BYU, Phil Dracovic, Caleb yeah. Williams. Caleb Williams isn't a runner, but if Sam Howell can rush for 100 yards on you, Caleb Oof. Williams can run for 100. I mean, and that's not a shot on Cam, Sam Howell. You know I love Sam Howell, but like Sam Howell's not exactly the guy that I'm like, you know, he's the second coming of Steve Young. You know what I mean? Like, you got to stop those guys. Spencer, you let game, Spencer Sanders run all over you. That was the game I, I gained a lot of respect for him against Notre Dame. 
Yeah. Sam Howell. I gained yeah. a lot of respect on him. He, yeah. That kid played hard. The pit game was the final for me. Like when you yeah. just watch him just getting his head beat in the whole game and kept limping up off the but he kept answering the bell yeah. every time that kid played his butt off last. I mean, if you take him off that team, they're a three and nine team last year. Yeah. And they were bad on defense. That was one of the worst defensive football teams I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they were bad. Yeah. The only reason they won as many games they did is because Sam Howell. I mean, yeah. really. So th- that's my two. The secondary is my three. Like, you know, you, I, I'm fully confident Cam, fully confident Brandon Joseph, but what happens opposite them? I think you nailed it. I don't need to add a ton on the top of that because I no. think you're perfectly said. You know, Tariq stepping up in the nickel. And I don't care who it is. If Clarence Lewis improves his game, great. But if Clarence Lewis is playing like he did last year or just a slightly better version of that, you've got to find somebody else. Hopefully Clarence does step up and play better. You know, they all like the if you if you listen to the way the Notre Dame coaches talk about Clarence Lewis, then they praise him and he does this all, but like, but I need to see the results on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. That's Mikey. I don't care if he looks great in practice. I need to see it on Saturdays. And if he can't be that guy, then somebody needs to step up. That's gonna be a big determiner of how good this team is gonna be. Yeah. Cause you can beat 10 teams on your schedule with Clarence Lewis, yeah. but you'll lose it if he plays the way he did last year. But you'll lose to Ohio State. And you'll lose one of Clemson or USC. You'll lose one of those two games. You're a 10-2 team if he plays the way he did last year. And the safety opposite him doesn't step up. Those are two – when the defense struggled last year, those two spots were a big reason why. Yeah. Because the tackling, the coverage. We saw that. You know, we saw whether it was Ramon giving up the big play touchdown against North Carolina because he didn't know the coverage or – you know, DJ and, and Clarence not being able to stop Oklahoma's go routes on the perimeter and DJ not being able to tackle in space. And it, those were those were primarily the, the drivers behind the defense struggling last year. You know, DJ taking a bad run fit on the 82-yard touchdown, Kyle taking a bad run fit on the 82-yard touchdown. Like, those were the spots that got them in trouble. Mm-hmm. They got to be better there. You're 100% right. My number one was a little bit different, though, because I, I'm assuming the pass rush is going to be good. And and your point is valid. Like, Riley's got to show it, though. Jason's got to show it. My number one, though, is this defense has to be disruptive. So I think we're kind of on the same page. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to look at it more broadly. And what I mean is this defense has to be disruptive. And I've actually evolved to this answer. First, it was just turnovers. But I think turnovers is too narrow of a, of a way to, to phrase it. It's got to be two things. This defense has to be great at two things getting the ball back from the offense, like literally by them forcing fumbles, picks, all that kind of stuff. Like turnovers are part of it. But how you get to turnovers, I think when you focus on turnovers, you kind of – what's the expression, Sean? You put the cart before the horse, right? Where do turnovers come from? They come from disruption. Mm -hmm. They come from schematic disruption. You know, C.J. Stroud thinks that he's seeing this, and so he's – I'm going to throw this quick slant route, but in fact you actually dropped your – you know, a guy underneath that, and then bam, you pick it off, right? I mean, right. the the greatest quarterbacks do that. I mean, the greatest ones. So don't, yeah. this isn't a shot on C.J. Stroud. Last time the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl, what was the game-changing play in the AFC Championship game against Tom Brady and the Patriots? It was them dropping Von Miller in coverage under Gronk. Brady did not see Von Miller jump, and he just throws it right to Von Miller. Yeah. And it, gives, it gives him a touchdown because they couldn't move the ball on New England that day either than their, the Denver offense. Yeah. But it was – Peyton or Tom Brady thought he was going to see one thing. Well, they're not going to drop Von Miller into coverage. This guy's been killing us today in pass rush, right? 
So I got to I got to look here. I like because there was leverage. The linebacker was inside. He's thinking I got Gronk on an out cut. Where bam, he's going to catch. And then Vaughn, un, go, go, you know, drops zone drops underneath it, picks it off. Right, like that was you got him on that one. Right. So that's going to be partly Al Golden saying like, okay, what are some things that they like to do on third down, and say how do we defend that? Okay, cool. This is how we defend that. But we got to show them this to get them to think they have that play. Right. Like the 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 the, the trick. The, the really good coordinator, Sean, you know this, because it's 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 not taking away what they do best by structurally. Hey, we're just going to line up and you can't do this because then they're just going to have answers for it. Right. It's let them think the thing they like to do best is there and then take it away post snap. Yeah, that's how you force a team into mistakes. Right. And and so, like, you look at the early the game against Alabama to a thought based on how A.J. Terrell was playing. He was going to bail. And so he just said, I got the quick out, but post snap, AJ squatted and he picked him off. Yeah. Because you got him thinking that she was saying one thing and then post snap, he saw something different. And that's part of it. The other part of it is the pass rush is being disruptive. You know, force quarterbacks get court. Look, the, it's, it's not sacks. It's not hits. At the end of the day, it's you got to speed up the quarterback's internal clock. And I don't care if it's just you're in his face all game and you don't sack him once. I've seen games where quarterback got rattled and they sacked him like one time or no times because they kept hitting him. They kept being in his yeah. face. They kept his time. Like, I got to get this ball off quickly because this pass rush is going to come. And then you'll see them make mistakes even when the pass rush doesn't come because he's anticipating it. Yeah. So that's where the, you know, and then disruption also includes your front four and your linebackers. And this kind of goes back to your fourth point have to be more productive against the run this year. Absolutely. The defensive line was last year. That's why Notre Dame was pretty good in tackles for loss last year because the D-line made a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage and, and tackles for loss. Because uh, like last year, I believe Notre Dame had their most uh, tackles for loss in a couple years, I believe. No, actually, that was they, they were down. They were up in sacks. This is what it was. They yeah. were way up in sacks last year, most sacks they've ever had but the number of tackles for loss was incredibly low when you consider the number of sacks they had. So for example, Notre Dame had 41 sacks last year in 13 games and, and they ranked, let me just pull up this ranking real quick because they ranked pretty high in sacks last year as a team. So if you look at sacks per game last year, Notre Dame ranked 12th in the country last year in sacks per game. They were at 3.2 per game. That's pretty good. And I go per game because they played 13 games. Some teams play 14. Some teams play 15. Yeah. So you go sacks per game. They were not even a full sack behind Texas, Oklahoma State. Notre Dame is a 3.2. They were not that far away. Like the team that finished uh, fourth was at 3.3. You know what I mean? So, but here's where it got, here's where the, the difference was. And here's, this ties into your stop the run thing too, Sean. Notre Dame finished 12th in sacks in tackles for loss. They were 51st. Now, sacks are included in tackles for loss. So if you take out the pass game production from Notre Dame, their tackle for loss numbers are way down. Why? They were a bad tackling team and they weren't super disruptive and they weren't disruptive enough on rundowns. That's got to be the big thing. That's part of the disruption for me. So this defense has got to be really disruptive for them to to get to the point where um, they're just able to kind of put teams in those binds, right, that they don't want to be in. And, and that's kind of the point that I made. I mean, you looked at Ohio State last year. You looked at LSU in 2019. 
I'd be I, without looking at it, I'd be willing what? to bet you that Alabama was in a very similar situation in 2020. Let me let me look this up. I'm, it, I'm willing to bet you Alabama was 35th in the country that year in 2020 in third down attempts. But if you look at it, they played 13 games that year, and there was a lot of teams that played nine and ten. So if you go on a per game basis, like there was, let's see, just off the top of my head, there's at least at least 50 schools below them that played nine or fewer games. So if you look at there in 13 games, they've had 146 third down attempts. Yeah. If you look at last year, that would have ranked them 127th hmm. for, for teams last year. Meaning, and then we talked about LSU in 2019. Uh, they were they ranked very low on third down attempts as well. Let's see here. Where was LSU in 2019? LSU was 48th in 2019 in third down attempts. So these are each of the last three years, the best like third down team in the country or the best offense in the country didn't get to a lot of third downs. So you got to make them get into third downs. And they got to be third downs they don't want to be in. Part of the reason Ohio State was second in the country in third down conversion rate last year, Sean, was because when they did get in third down, it was third and two, third and three, third and four, right. where they could hand it off to Travion Henderson just as easily as they could throw it, right? Get them into those situations where their quarterback's got to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. And then that's how you're going to create stops. So if they can be disruptive, whether it's sacks, batted balls, tackles for loss, turnovers, all of that is included. If this defense plays championship football, it's because they're disruptive. And I think that incorporates all those other aspects of it, in, in my opinion. And so to me, that's that's why I say that to me is the key for this defense to be. And you know what? I think early on, especially, I think we were kind of surprised. Because mm-hmm. early on, you, you know, J.D. was playing. The guy, they were playing with their hair on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, coming out. I mean, they struggled against Florida State on a couple, man, some bad fits mm-hmm. on a couple of yeah. runs against Florida State. But then you saw them come up. I think they, they, they really played well against Purdue. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the Wisconsin game. Shut that run game down. And I think you made a great point because that might have been – that's when Jacob Lacey and Howard Cross really stepped up. Riley Mills had a big and game. Riley that game Mills too. that game as well. Like, yeah. So it goes back to your point. It was the remember that fourth down run, team. that fourth down stop that Jacob yeah. had in that game. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think that linebacker position is, I don't know, more equipped to be able to handle the expectations and to be able to execute the mm-hmm. things that you're talking about. And the test for me, right out the gate, I'm going to be very interested in seeing how Ryan Day adjusts. Right, because if what I expect early on is for Notre Dame's off defensive line to give Ohio State's offensive line some struggles and some troubles early on, I'm looking forward to what Ryan Day adjusts to and counters with, and then. How Notre Dame handles that, mm-hmm. right? Because if the scheme fails for Ohio State, they're just going to go to the athleticism. They're going to say, okay, look, we're going to go to our athletes and just try to beat them that way and maybe come back to the run game mm-hmm. late in the game. 
You know that's going to mm-hmm. be the counter, whether it's spacing it out, quick screens, and all of that type of stuff. That's what they're going to counter with. And I want to see how Notre Dame, the linebackers, and the defensive backs react to that. Yep. Can we get in space, yep. make tackles, get off the field? Right. Because, you know, as you talk about, we were, we were saying, like, what are the concerns we have? Well, I think we kind of answered them in, in a lot of instances in the the things that were need that that are going to be positive, right? Like, so, okay, yeah. what are the things we're worried about? Okay, they can't stop the run. Yeah. Right. If Ohio State can be balanced in that opener, it's a wrap. I it's mean, wrap. you're going to have to score 50 to beat them. I mean, that's just, that's just, you're, it's going to look a lot like the Utah game. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I don't think you're going to win that, that way. (laughs) I just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you're going to win that way. No. And so you've got to make them one dimensional. Now, again, Henderson might rip off a run or two. It's not so much about the total yards because it's like Georgia in 2017. I, Georgia ran for like 180 yards, but they had like, remember that, that long 50 plus yard run by DeAndre Swift on a jet sweep. Yeah. They didn't really run the ball that well. I mean, you held a team like Georgia at 130 some yards, basically outside the jet sweep. That's, that's that's a team that runs for over 200 yards a game. That had Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb and DeAndre Swift in the same freaking backfield, you know? And so it's about making them inefficient there. That's kind of where I want to see it, Sean, is like you've got to be dis- – it goes, but, you know, if you're if you're not disruptive, if you're not better against the run, if you don't tackle better this year, then you're going to make – teams are going to be balanced and they're going to beat you. You know, if Clemson's able to run the ball on you, you're going to be in trouble. If USC – USC didn't recruit Travis Dye to just pass block all day. No. Right? I mean, Lincoln Riley's had several teams that have rushed for over 200 yards a game. If yeah. they're going to be balanced, then you're going to have a long – it's going to be a long flipping day. And and so – and if and if you can't get off the field with just – you can't just – you you can't be a team that only gets off the field on force and punch, Sean. you got to be able to turn the ball over. you got to give right. your offense a short field sometimes. And we saw this last year. I mean, that's that is one thing I actually thought this defense was good at was forcing turnovers in big moments. I mean, twice last year Isaiah Foskey kept Notre Dame from getting run off the field. Yeah, right. Thinking of Cincinnati, seventeen nothing Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati with cross game. midfield, they're going to go make it twenty four nothing. It's about to be a, an embarrassing wrap. And Isaiah Foskey has a strip sack. Yeah. And Drew White picks it up, runs it back. You know, puts Notre Dame in field in touchdown territory. They get to, and all of a sudden it's a game again. Next thing you know. Couple series later, it's 17 13. Yeah. Right. You look at an, uh, the game yes, against uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oklahoma State's up big. They're about to go put this game away. And Isaiah, and they're driving. And Isaiah gets the, the he strips, strips the ball. It wasn't a strip sack. It was in space. But he strips the guy the ball, gives the offense another shot to go down and, and get, get him back in the game. Yeah. Like you need plays like that. You need plays like that. And, you know, look at the, I mean, they put the Wisconsin game completely away with forcing turnovers. Yeah. You know, and you know, Wisconsin gets the the, the momentum back. And Notre Dame, you know, with it. How did Wisconsin get the momentum in that game? It's with a turnover. It's with a turnover. Yeah. How did the, How did Cincinnati get the momentum in the game? Uh, that game turnovers. Turnover. Fumbled a kick return in a in a interception return. So you're going to need those plays, and you're going to need those plays in the big games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, and, and the big interception in the end zone. I mean, you pretty much come out first drive, move the ball down the field. Right. Jack Cone throws the interception. 
Right. It's like right. Right. Those plays on both sides of the ball. Those momentum deflating plays and the momentum yeah, they can't happen. Right. It can't happen. But you're right. You're right. That's a great point. The which is why and I think you've done a great job. I think you wrote a piece about this recently about how important Jason Adamiola is going to be in being a disruptor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got to finish how important it is for him and his brother to finish at the ball better. Yes. That's the because yeah, Jason will get in and just miss the tackle. Right. And it ends up being a one or two yard game when it should have been three to four yard loss. Yeah. So. Yep. That's a big key. It's a big key, Sean. So let's, Let's kind of, I mean, is there any other things like to me, I mean, injuries, I, you know, are all for, I mean, that's the thing for everybody. That's why I don't like use all if injuries are happening. That's true for everybody. I mean, that's, that's just, that's a general thing. It's, it's more of other things to me. And I think the, and and the the only other final piece to me is the thing that's going to hurt this football team is if they don't tackle better. They have not been a good tackling team for about three years now. I think the last time Notre Dame was a good tackling team, in my opinion, was 2018. That's the last time. Now they've been to varying degrees of not that good. But they, as a team, they have not been a good tackling team since 2018. The 2019, I remember, they couldn't stop Jawan Pass uh, in the opener. They couldn't, they couldn't keep him in check. They couldn't tackle Michigan. Think about how many times so Hassan Haskins was making plays after the catch in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have not been a good tackling team since 2018, in my opinion. Last year they weren't a good tackling team. 2020, they had their moment. Some guys were, some guys weren't. It's kind of hit or miss. Uh, and then, but in the biggest game of the year, they couldn't tackle. I mean, yeah. defensive line, you go back and watch that game again. This is something that a lot of Notre Dame fans don't accept. And, and I say this, you know, go back and watch that game. Like, I'm not going back and watching that game again. I get it. Well, I'm just telling you, Notre Dame's offensive line, at the very least, stalemated with Alabama in that game. And I would make a very strong argument, like pound on the table argument. If you're just talking about line play, yeah. Notre Dame's defensive line outplayed Alabama's offensive line that day. You look at the long run by Najee Harris. They blew the Alabama offensive line off the ball, but the linebackers couldn't get off blocks, and Nick McLeod whiffs, and he jumps over him, and he runs for 50 yards. Right. Defensive line blew Alabama off the ball on that play, but they couldn't finish. There was a play where it was a third down, and they have a great blitz call, and they got Mac Jones in their sights, and he spins out and runs and completes a pass for third on third down. So you can't have that stuff. Right, you got to finish at the ball. This team's got to be much better at finishing at the ball. They can finish at the ball better than I think that alone makes them a better football team. If they could just tackle last year, they blow Florida State out. If they could just tackle last year, they beat beat Oklahoma State. State. Thank you, thank you. I mean, that's the reality of it. It's that simple, and that's why I push back so much on that whole scheme. Marcus Freeman didn't adjust. It's like there is no adjustment to fundamentals. There is no adjustment for a 50-50 ball and a guy just not making a play and just being beat constantly over and over again. But, dude, at that point, Spencer Sanders just said, when I'm in trouble, I'm throwing it up to my guy. I'll let him make a play. I'll throw slant to my guy since they're backing off. And that was it. That was it. There is – so basically what we're saying is we can sit here and talk till we're blue in the face. 
Sometimes yeah. we do. Yeah, and, and I'll give Chris O'Leary a lot of credit for saying this when I got a chance to talk to him face-to-face back in March. And I, and I said, just simplify it for me. And he said, look, these guys believe that they're a championship team and they're putting in the work to go out there and change everything. Mm-hmm. And that's it. This is sim- I hate to simplify it, but it's as simple as that. This team is going to be in position. This defense is going to be in position to win games and shut teams down. Like, period. I think there's nothing better than when your team scores in baseball, Brian, and your pitcher goes out there and throws a one, two, three inning. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we got runs, one, two, three inning, get my guys back up to the plate. When Notre Dame scores, this has to be the same mentality. You mm-hmm. know what? Let's get Tyler and the crew back on the field. Let's go. They're up 14 right. zip, get a stop, get them back on the field. Like, we don't need at the end of the half, team has the ball, we're up 14 points. No, we're not letting them cut this to seven going into halftime. We're either creating a turnover and an opportunity to go up more, or we're shutting them down. Those are the challenges that this defense has to take personally and say, look, we're going to do this, and we're going to take that next step forward. We've Mm -hmm. given you rushing. They have to get under this yardage. It's right in front of them. It's, it's look, it's, and there's no, there are no excuses. Because as I said before, no, we said this, the inverse of this, but it probably works both ways. I don't know too many offensive lines they're going to face this better. Yeah, than they face every day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Based on what I've been hearing, yeah, it's they're I, not going. I don't to. know. They're not going to face one. No, I'm, I'm gonna make that prediction right now. The Notre Dame defense will not face a better offensive line all year than the ones face every day in practice. No. I'm, I'm just and and this is from what I'm hearing, like on both so, sources on both sides. Like last year, I had a couple offensive. Oh no, our offensive line's coming along. But then I talked to people defense, killing that offensive line. It's terrible. <laughs> I can't. And then we'd be at practice, and it would be backed up by that. Right. Right. I mean, it's just like, oh my god, they can't even yeah. get to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And then not only could they not run, they couldn't get to the line of scrimmage against right. the Notre Dame defense. And I think that leads into back to some of the points we were talking about, Sean. You know, finish at the ball, tackle them better. Well, when you're facing an offense that doesn't know how to run the ball, can't block anybody, and doesn't know how to get off of a press, yeah. you're not. And then you get into games against teams that can do those things, and you're not ready for it. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna make a prediction right now, and, and, and it's a 180 from where I was last year. <laughs> this offense, this will be the best offensive line the Notre defense faces all year. Not, it won't be the best skill group, you know, but it'll be the right. best offensive line that they will face all season. Yeah. And if you want to throw tight ends into the mix too, it doesn't change the answer. It only yeah. solidifies the answer. Yeah. But that that's going to make the defensive line better. So yes. For that offensive line, maybe Clemson is the only Just one. Line. You said it? this yesterday, Sean, and you were right. I mean, you tried to you tried to be fair and like think through other groups. I mean, you could say that Ohio State is going to have a talented defensive line. Yes. They will. Uh, you know, Tyleek Williams uh, inside. You got Teron Vincent inside. You got guys inside. You got Jack Sawyer, JT, Zach Harris. I mean, there's talented guys. They're not a great defensive line right now. Yeah. And they're the not Hawks, better than the when their name is coming back. Right. 
right. the Buckeyes are right. complaining about the interior of the defensive right. line. Right. Stopping the run. Because other than Talik Williams, you don't really have anybody that's a proven run stopper. I mean, yeah. Teron Vincent, they're still hanging their hats on his recruiting rankings. You know, and, and that's yeah. the thing is like when when all you can come on me with is, well, these guys were five stars. Like, I don't care about that. What have they done in college? That that well, well, exactly. but uh, but they were five stars. Like, oh, okay, you made my point. Thank you. You know, uh, so to me, Sean, it, it goes back to to your point. That's so different from last year. Mm-hmm. Where you know, you could argue that the best defensive line Notre Dame played last year was the one they faced in practice. It wasn't true on the other side of the ball. But I think you're correct. I do think that you – I would say Clemson is the – and Clemson definitely has a better defensive line than Notre Dame. But yeah. I love Notre Dame's defensive line. Even if Riley Mills breaks out and Jason Adamiola breaks out and Isaiah Foskey is everything we think he's going to be, they're still at best the number two defensive line in yeah. college football next year. Yeah. Barring injury. Yeah. Barring injury for Clemson. If Brian Breezy gets hurt again, that changes things a little bit. If Miles right. Murphy goes down, it changes things a little bit. Just well, like if Isaiah Foskey goes down, it hurts Notre Dame. I think Murphy's out, what, the first two games? Is that Xavier Thomas or Murphy? Is Murphy out the yeah, first Yeah, Xavier game? Thomas. I'm okay. sorry. Xavier yeah. Thomas. Yeah, but th- but that's the point. They can lose a guy like Xavier Thomas and be like, that's fine. They got KJ right. Henry and they got Miles. You know, and they fine. got Simpson at the linebacker. <laughs> right. Yeah. So to your point, I, I do think that, you know, you that's where you need to be, right? I mean, if, if like if – if you're trying to be that, it's a, Alabama's been that way for a long time. This is what Pete Carroll would always talk about at USC. He's like, hey, the best we thing we do all week is the the best opponent we face all week is ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's where recruiting has got to get better. That to where, like I said, you're 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 putting some really young, talented guy on scout team that next year is going to be a player for you, but right now is on scout team, and you've had to cover that kid all week. You know, it's going to make you better, and that's where Notre Dame's got to got to get to with their defense. So th- those are the big question marks. 